You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast now, on the CLNS Media Network. Celtics Online This is the Sports Celtics Show with Chris Gasper and Jim Murray. Brought to you by Nissan, Shaking Crab, Mass General Brigham, and Telemore 2 on 98.5 The Sports Hub. So now the Celtics just have to dribble out the clock in the backcourt. Don't even get it, need to get it over midcourt. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the ball game. Tough loss here. Your final score here at the Garden, Cleveland 132 and the Celtics 123 in overtime. I have to say apologies to John Wallach. I thought it was Grandy uh, on the call uh, yesterday, and I kept saying that during my headlines. But there's Wallach with the final call of last night's overtime loss. Ugly one at home to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Celtics have now lost two straight. Chicago, now the Cavs last night, 132-123 in overtime. Jim Murray, Chris Gasper, Brian Robb of Mass Live with us as well. You want to join us, talk C, 617-779-0985, because I do think there's a lot to talk about with this team, and I think the headline uh, by your colleague of the Boston Globe this morning, Chris, sums it all up from Gary Washburn. It's official. There's something wrong with the Celtics' defense. Yeah, you think? And it's not just that they're missing Rob Williams. I mean, that's a big part of it. And I thought that that was evident in the, the first game of the series, the uh, of the season, rather, the win at home against the 76ers, where it's like, okay, well, you had to expect this. There's going to be issues in the paint, and, you know, uh, they don't really have much to stop Joel Embiid anyway, but uh, that's to be expected. Um, but that's okay. If Tatum and Brown are going to shoot the lights out the way that they did, everything will be fine. But when the perimeter defense also has looked kind of wretched the way it did, especially last night. Well, now maybe there's this is indicative of maybe a bigger issue. The defense, what has been their calling card, this crew, for the last few years, it has gone completely sideways, Chris. Oh, 100%. And and even Eddie House was talking about this after the game last night, basically saying, like, look, you know, you can't just wait for Robert Williams to ride to the rescue. You have to take some pride in your perimeter defense. You have to be able to get over the top of some of these picks. And I don't know. I just it seems to me that Karis Levert and Donovan Mitchell, who both you know lit it up and scored forty plus points last night, I think that really the league should look into it because both of them dropping forty one, I think was very res- disrespectful to the defending DPOY. Just just to let you know, yeah, Marcus, completely disrespectful. Marcus Smart. Um, what was he last night? Was he a minus? He was a minus twenty six. Minus twenty six, uh, which was the worst of anyone who stepped on the floor. And credit to the Cavs too, because they they forced him to shoot. Like they made defensive adjustments in that second half. They smothered Tatum, and you know they made Brown the primary scorer, and he had a good night. But they also lured Smart into shooting more. Yeah. And it was one of those nights for like every once in a while he has one of these nights where it's really bad. You know he's made himself into I think 
enough of a shooter to be a threat, right? But he had one of those nights where it's really bad. And and, and this is my issue um, that I want to at least get into, which is on those nights, don't take 15 shots and nine threes when you know it's not your night. And also on those nights, why is he out there for 37.50 when you have Derek White and, and Malcolm Brogdon as options? It's amazing to me that it seems like he just sort of gets granted minutes no matter what, yet the team feels the need to invest the amount of resources they have in his position. Yeah, so this maybe speaks to, at least this is what I think, maybe a coaching? Like, is, do we put some of this on Joe Missoula, how he's going to use Marcus Smart, the lack of adjustments that they didn't really pressure or make the night tougher for Lavert and Donovan Mitchell last night? Do you look at the coach at all? Yeah, if you want to go there, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, last night was, was one of those things where you look at Joe Missoula. I thought last night was a fail for Joe Missoula. It doesn't mean he's going to fail in the long term, but it raises some questions for me in terms of whether he has the temerity and he has the gumption to be able to make the really tough decisions if if he feels like that's going to rock the boat. You know, last night was a night where Marcus Smart needed to have his minutes cut because he wasn't effective on either side of the ball, at least, you know, shooting offensively. I know he had the seven assists, but he wasn't effective on either side of the ball, really, the way he needed to be, and you had other options, and that's the way the team is built to have other options. And we know from Ime Udoka that in the NBA Finals, you know, he wouldn't hesitate to put Smart on the bench for a stretch in the game, a key stretch if somebody else had it going. Missoula didn't do that. He seemed completely unwilling to do that late in the game and in overtime, and, and I didn't really understand that. And then I also would say when you look at that last sequence when the Celtics could have won the game and they get that Jason Tatum shot at the end that doesn't hit anything, just hits glass, I thought it was a mistake not to call a timeout. I know he's saying that, hey, we didn't want to let the Cavs set up their defense, but you had just made a defense-offense substitution there where you had taken Brogdon off to put Cornette in with Jared Allen at the line because you wanted to make sure you got the rebound. All right, now you get the rebound. Call timeout, make the offense-defense substitution, put Brogdon back in, and then set up your play. You'll have more time to get in your offense. You'll be able to better space the floor. They weren't even covering Cornette. Brian Robb, who covers the Celtics for Mass Live, you were in the building last night, and their identity has gone from, you know, tenacious D. Uh, that's been their calling card here for recent years. And now, and I thought they could maybe live this way. Early on, it's like, okay, well, their identity is they'll win when they score, and they have enough firepower, they'll outscore you. But uh, that is uh, not the case these last couple of games. So is this fixable, um, and is it just a Rob Williams issue? I think it's more than a Rob Williams issue at this point, as you guys mentioned. And I do know coming into training camp this year, guys, Joe Mazzula, the priority was on offense. And Mazzula has done well on that front. They're third in the NBA in offense right now and, and had scored 75 points in that first half against a really good defensive Cleveland team there. But there's clearly some let up on the defensive end of the floor. I think a lot of it is honestly effort-based right now. I yeah. think there's a team now that's been to the finals, knows they can get there, and maybe don't want to do the the grit and grind of 82 games of work that they bought into last year. And so can they get away with that enough with their offense to outweigh it? I, you did it early on, but now against some better teams, it's uh it's touch and go there. I feel like. So beer up just on that, you know, so you're saying it's sort of an effort thing. So do you think maybe it's like they're pacing themselves? Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, like running through screens for 82 games a year is, is hard work for especially guys like smart and Jalen Brown, on the perimeter when they're, they're playing small and they have to, they're being asked to rebound and stuff like that too. So missoula has got to make a decision here. I think he really has to get these guys to start buying into this before it's too late or 
I think he has to go bigger in the starting five so the rebounding stuff gets taken care of and then those guys have more energy to focus on the defensive end. But for as good as the offense has looked here, I think the uh, the defensive drawback has been just as glaring right now. But but what is, I mean, this is for both you guys too. I understand that and I understand pacing yourself, particularly if you're Brown and Tatum because you have to carry such a heavy offensive workload. But but what is Smart's excuse? I mean, you're a defensive player of the year. You go around beating your chest about that. That's what you're supposed to bring to the team. So why is he pacing himself? I'll throw it to you, friend Jim, this. I, I don't know. Like, because, I mean, he his onus now is even less in the offense. Like, he doesn't have to be taking as many shots now. They don't need him to be the third scorer. So you'd think he should be excelling more than ever defensively, right? You, you would think, yeah, it would be more hashtag winning plays. And it just, you know, look, defense as in that league requires concentration, hustle, work, all of that. And it's just gone by the wayside, especially with him. I don't get it. You know, maybe he's not happy with his role. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But yeah, I mean, I don't he think hasn't... he looks unhappy with his role. Uh, I mean, I just don't. I don't understand it. I mean, is it possible? We all know he's a great defensive player. There's no question about that. Uh, but I have maintained over the last couple of years that the most important defensive player on the team is Robert Williams. And and I know last year, Smart won Defensive Player of the Year, rightfully so. But have we maybe sort of overestimated his overall impact on their team defense? Yes, you know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it just – I this was – this has gone increasingly worrying with this team. You know, early on, again, I was like, eh, eh, high-flying Celtics, they'll be able to withstand this. They'll just keep outscoring everybody. But, you know, I happened to watch some of that game in Orlando last week, and I know it was the second night of a back-to-back, and it's like the defense started to slip a bit there. But, okay, second night of a back-to-back, and then it fell off a cliff in this game Monday night against Chicago, and especially last night. When you allow two guys to score 41 points each, you got a real problem there. And they both shot, like, but over 50% from the field. Yeah. So that was an efficient 40-plus points for both of those guys. Nothing fluky about it. Nothing fluky about it, and that's that's a huge concern because those are guys you're going to have to deal with. And they didn't even have their best scorer last night, arguably. Darius Garland was out for that game, so Cleveland suddenly looks like a team that could be a factor in the East here. Again, headline, Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe after last night's game. It's official. There's something wrong with the Celtics defense. That coming off the overtime loss to the Cavs last night. Do you agree or disagree? 617-779-0985. Let's hear from you on the first Sports Hub Celtics show of the season. Next. Stay tuned for more of the Sports Hub Celtics show. Let's hear from our sponsor, BetOnline. Football season's back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this year. Find your latest odds, football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And it's your continued source for all sports wagering info including live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Also, the fast and easy way to bet on your, all your favorite sports and events, obviously the NBA season being back, MLB playoffs, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to BetOnline to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CONS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, I think in the second half, we just lost our pace. We lost our speed. We lost our ability to create separation. I thought, you know, we were still in good position to win the game. We just didn't make the winning plays down the stretch. So I don't know if there's as much of an issue as there is. We have to make winning plays. You know, we can't take anything for granted. And so uh, we had some empty possessions. We had turnovers and we had, you know, offensive rebounds given up. And so when you do those things, it puts you in a tough spot to win. Celtics coach Joe Mazzula after last night's 132-123 overtime loss to the Cavaliers. Celtics fall to 3-2 and two on the year, and I think it's worth asking. I mean, do they maybe miss 
Ime Adoka's defensive approach, when you see that last night, when they're giving up 18 points in five minutes of overtime and 41 points each to Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert, like, I think he's partially responsible here. Well, just look at this. I mean, look at their last three games, right? It will work backwards from Cleveland. And I know the game went to overtime. But you give up 132 points, 120 points. Even when you beat Orlando, you gave up 120 points. That is not sustainable. That can't stand. That's not the Celtics. You know, what got them to the finals, what turned things around to a degree was their defense. They could always sort of hang their hat on that defense, right? And you have to be able to do that again. And I know it's hard. It was a tough matchup for them last night, given the size that Cleveland has with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. And the basketball geek in me uh, was like, wow. When Evan Mobley got switched on Tatum like an overtime, like 20 feet from the basket and stayed in front of him, I'm like, holy moly. Like, is this guy an exciting player? He's going to be so good. Oh, that I mean, that is just a great piece to have in today's NBA. Somebody that size that he was that he was able to stay in front of Tatum. I was blown away. So it's a tough matchup for them. They had to play Cornette. You know, I get that, but it's a disturbing trend in terms of what's happening defensively. And again, I just sort of to tie it back to the coach. I question whether Missoula, at this point in his career, at 34 years old as an interim coach, has the mindset or the temerity to be able to say to guys, hey, look, this isn't good enough. Get your butt in gear, or you're going to lose playing. Like, I'm going to put somebody in who's going to play defense. Yeah, and on top of that, Chris, and you guys brought up a couple of the decision-making issues I, we saw with Missoula down the stretch there in terms of not taking the time out there and, and rolling with Smart. But one other thing I thought hurt him in the last couple of minutes was he went with Malcolm Brogdon over Derek White there, and then... Malcolm Brogdon did not box out on a key play where Karis LeVert got a three that kind of sent the game into overtime in the last minute of the game there. So Derek White is maybe arguably your best backcourt defender right now next to Smart. You're getting burned by Mitchell and LeVert in that game, and then he's not in the game when it matters down the stretch. So right now we're trying to figure out what type of coach Missoula is, and that was something that was like, and again, it's just one game, yeah. but you, you look at the big picture here and you think, okay, hopefully he, you know, does a little bit more improving there on the job there in terms of these situations. Brian, do you second guess the usage of Luke Cornett, Cornett, the murder Cornett last night, 26 <laughs> minutes, but Noah Vonley and Blake Griffin combined played 19. I enjoyed his contest in the paint when the guys were shooting threes. And oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, and, you know, scale, uh, uh, all due respect. Like, he's like, look at that. You know, no, this is the hands are up, you know, so the guy, the guy shooting the three can't see like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, he's broke the mold here. He's figured something out after all these years of, Professional basketball, <laughs> the murder cornet, not actually going to the line and trying to contest a three-pointer. No, being in the paint and putting his big gangly arms up. This is the way. Please. Like, what What, what the hell are we doing with this? <laughs> that last night, I was like, this is a joke. Let's not try to make this something. Yeah. So, But his usage last but his night. Usage, you- I think it made sense. Just the fact you were getting killed early in that game by the Mobley out front line. And, and rough timing for Grant Williams. You're getting suspended for a game. Getting suspended for a game against Cleveland was as bad as it gets in terms of a team of two legitimate big men that can hurt you. So I don't mind that at all, given how it looked. But the fact that they went with him for overtime and still they give up 18 points there, you're supposed to be defense first. You're going two bigs. That clearly didn't work on that front. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I, I That one's it's a little harder for me to blame Missoula, given the fact, as you mentioned, Grant Williams was out. And this is what the team has decided to do, guys. They've decided that they're going to roll with Luke Cornett, Noah Vonley, and Blake Griffin and see if somebody here can stick. And I think the idea is let's see if any of these guys can stick. We'll get Robert Williams back. And if we have to add a piece, we'll add a piece. But if we don't have to add a piece because one of these guys turns out to be 
a viable piece of the team, then great. That's a bonus. So they're still kind of in that feeling out phase, I think, with the front court. So it's a little harder for me to put that on the coach. But I, my, my big picture thing, like I said, and not to be repetitive on it, is just does does he have the balls to piss these guys off? To, to, to basically say, you're not entitled to playing in the end of the game. You're not entitled to finishing the game, Marcus. Like, if you don't have it on this night, I got to go to somebody else. We're getting torched here. Karis LeVert and Donovan Mitchell are torching us, and you're bricking jumper after jumper. I got to try something else to help us win. Or is it, you know, I know we laughed about it, but he's like, oh, Marcus told me his role. Ha, 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 we all laugh. But I think it's a little closer to the truth than he'd like to admit. Yeah. Well, that's that substitute teacher syndrome, and if that's how it is, like there, that could be a problem going forward. Lacar in Boston, first up here, Sports Hub Celtics Show of the Year. Hello, Lacar. Hey, hi, hey, how you doing? Uh, I got a question for uh, for Casper. Casper, yeah. how's everything going? Good man. Um, how are you? Number one, I'm doing fine. Number one is um, even the season still early. You got 77 games left, but I would say the next 10 games. Why don't you all start um, Blake Griffin and see what he can do at the starting um, center? Maybe he can, um, like, block shots or intimidate people until, um, while we almost get back. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, I think they definitely have to give Blake Griffin some minutes to figure out what he's doing there. You know, I don't think you're going to change your starting lineup. Uh, I know Al Horford doesn't like to play the five, but right now that's their best lineup, I think, with Al Horford at the five. So I wouldn't replace Al Horford, you know, at the five at this point or knock him down to the four and bump somebody out of the lineup. But I do think, you know, I want to see more of Blake Griffin and sort of what he can provide. He's not the same athlete he used to be. I don't know if he can protect the rim, but given what their options are, I mean, it can't hurt. Let's go to Dean and Shrewsbury on Jason Tatum. Hello, Dean. Hey, um, Tatum needs to decobify his clutch game. Uh, he made the adjustments away from the mid-range and away from these fallaways during the regular flow of the game. I, I don't understand why he's going back to the Kobe moves in the lap, final seconds of close games. He shoots 33.84 from 10 to 16 feet and 3.99 from 16 to 3 for his career. So those aren't good shots for him. Yeah, it's a good point. I thought that was a tough shot. I know Missoula said, hey, I'll live with the look. And it's certainly a shot Tatum is capable of making. You know, I thought Cleveland did a pretty good job of denying Tatum looks. There were a lot of double teams or at least they crashed in on him in the second half. They totally they really did. did. I mean, the fourth quarter, he only attempted three shots and he didn't score any points. And that's a spot there where if you're Missoula, you see that Tatum has been struggling during that second half. Let's drop a play here. Let's like throw them yeah. off the scent because you know what Tatum's going to do in that spot. He wants to get to his area, but the fact is he had two guys running at him, and that was the most predictable thing ever given the way that they were defending all that half. And also, if you know that they're defending Tatum that way where they're doubling him or at least hedging on doubles and stuff, don't you want to have the best possible floor spacing out there for him, which would mean 100%. you call a timeout, you take Luke Cornett off the floor, and you put Malcolm Brogdon back on the floor. Uh, all right. Well, if you'd like to just talk about the team, their defensive woes, and do you agree with what uh, was uh, the headline in the Boston Globe today by Chris Gasper's colleague about the Celtics after last night's overtime loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers? Gary Washburn writes, it's official. There's something wrong with the Celtics defense. Um, we have more enough of a sample size. Look at these last three games and these last two losses as well. So you want to weigh in on that 617-779-0985. Your call's next. Florida, 
Sports Hub Celtics show Bang. on the Sports Hub. Now it's time to talk Celtics wow. with Chris Gasper and Big Jim Murray on Boston's Home for Sports, 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, it's tough. Um, it, it's tough when, when you have multiple players like that put that, that many points on your defense. But, you know, for us is you know, understanding that this is a new year and, um, and we have to be able to, to prove that again on that side. And, um, you know, I'm more interested to see <clears throat> how the film looks and go from there. Al Horford saying it's a new year and we have to focus more on the defense. Yeah, you think? After you allow 41 points each and nothing fluky about him to Karis LeVert and Donovan Mitchell last night, the overtime loss to the Cavs. Quickly on that to the both of you. It's a first sports up Celtics show of the year. Jim Murray, Chris Gasper, Brian Robb producing, but covering the Celtics for Mass Live. Um... You look at the Cavs now and say, huh, that might be an issue. Just maybe even in terms of seeding in the East. Like, that team seems like they could be a factor in the conference. 100%. Because right now, you have, I don't know if Mitchell's a proven number one scorer, but certainly he's a very strong number two. And so if he and Garland can go back and forth there, and you combine that with two really tough frontcourt guys and Mobley and Jared Allen, Kevin Love coming off your bench, like, that's a team that, has a lot of pieces there now and still has enough left over to make one more big splash at the trade deadline. And lo and behold, they could be a, a top three, top four team in the East kind of coming out of nowhere like you did a couple years ago. So I, I think after what we saw last night, like I, I, I think they're for real right now. Yeah. I mean, that Donovan Mitchell trade, I think was such an underrated deal in terms of just how it would affect the landscape of the NBA. And I think people tend to forget how good Donovan Mitchell is. And then Darius Garland had a breakout year last year. And I look at a guy like uh, Isaac Okaru, who basically barely played in that game and like, was sort of a non-factor. I mean, there are teams in the league that like that guy and, and like that player. So to be Rob's point, and he's still young, he's a wing. You know, I'm not saying he's ever going to be a star, but he could be a, like a 3 and D guy. So they do still have some pieces that they could offer to other teams that would be potentially interesting. Uh, that could help them. So it's it's interesting. And don't they have Ricky Rubio too? Yeah, he's coming back from a torn ACL too. Yeah, so. I mean, so Ricky Rubio is a guy that would give them a little more depth. And Karis LeVert's not going to score 40 points every night, but he's a nice guy to have come off your bench. Yeah, it's just a team I look at. If you're not going to have Rob Williams and you're going to have issues uh, in the paint, I wouldn't want to see them in a seven-game series. Like, that team could be a problem for you. And at the very least, they could throw a wrench into seeding this year. Like, that's a team that looks like they're going to be – I don't think they're a championship-caliber team, but they're going to be in the mix. At the least, too, they're going to be around over the long term. Like, those guys yeah. are not going anywhere. Mitchell's locked up long term. Garland signed extension. Mobley and Allen are just getting better. So, even if you don't have to deal with them this year, that's a, a foe to face for a long time in the East, I feel like. How and you're you going to see them Wednesday night, too, again. You, they they play them in, you know, what, five days from now. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because I feel like that could be a, a payback game for the Celtics. I think that's one of those games where, where they'll bring their A game, and that's going to be really interesting to see. Sort of their A game. I don't know how long. How much longer is Garland out with this eye injury? Is he? Would, he's close, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back for that oh, one. Oh man! So yeah, circle that one on the calendar. Just in terms of the Celtics, definitely are going to want to get some payback, and I think they'll have a full complement of players in Cleveland, having a full complement of players. Matt in California on the Celtics defense or lack thereof. You're next here on the Sports of Celtics show. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Great show, uh, as always. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when KG had you, the Celtics, out and have the Cavaliers in in his top four teams? No, oh, I, I didn't. No, I didn't see that. Is that that's true? Who are his top four teams? 
I'll have to take a look at it again. It was, it was on Twitter. I'll, I'll find it. And I'll tag Jim on it. Was this was this uh, but, Katie's actual Twitter account or one of his burners? K- KG <laughs> Kevin Garnett. Oh, KG. Oh, I thought you said KD. Yeah. Okay, KG uh, Kevin KG. Gar- so, KG. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that that was interesting. Uh, but when it comes to the Celtics, look, I'm not that worried. They started 15 and 15 last year, and I saw a stat on Twitter as well that they through their first five games last year they gave up 595 points. This year they've given up 593. So look again, I'm not too too worried. I think they have a lot of new people. They're just trying to settle into their roles and kind of figure that out. And a lot of these like good teams really I don't think turn it on until Christmas time or so. But one last thing for a question for Gasper. Uh, don't they have the same staff as last year, obviously minus Ime? Uh, do you, is this something that we should be worried about with the defense, or is there something we should keep an eye on? Thanks yeah, a lot, and I'm going to bring really B-Rob. Thank you. Good, good call. I'm going to bring B-Rob in on that. You know, obviously, uh, Hardy's gone, right, because he's yes. he's with the Jazz, So and, and Ime. And I know the caller said other than Ime, it's the same. But other than that, it's the same staff, right? Pretty much, like Will Hardy took a guy or two, like lower level assistants okay. with him to Utah. But yeah, by and large, everyone's back. So, my follow up question for you off of that is: You mentioned Missoula. The focus was the offense, and he's sort of a Brad Stevens disciple. Have they changed the defensive scheme at all, or is it still basically the same scheme? And I thought Missoula was somewhat responsible for the defensive scheme last year, or was that just the scouting portion of it? Yeah, he he was definitely responsible for some, some scout stuff. Um, I think. Everyone was kind of – it was Ime's scheme, if you will. But it's a situation now where they, they have made some tweaks to it in terms of their pick-and-roll coverage. They're switching a lot one through four, but they're trying not to switch at center uh, as much. And then that's, you know, guards like Mitchell were t- taking full advantage of that last night when the bigs are back in the drop. He just comes around the screen. If you don't get around that screen, you're going to wide open look, and that's why him and LeVert went off for 40 there. So it's tough. You're going to have to kind of pick and choose your battles with uh, – the lack of personnel you have right now and not wanting to wear down Al Horford too, but it's clear that the uh, perimeter guys are going to have to be a lot better if they're going to stick with this. Van and Weymouth on uh, Malcolm Brogdon next year, Sports Up Celtic Show. Hey, Van. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. I just had a quick thought about Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I, I get that to a degree you have to stroke Marcus Smart's ego, and I understand that Brogdon was sort of brought in as like the sixth man. But I just feel like down the stretch, uh, especially, he should he should be getting you know he should be getting crunch time minutes. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thanks. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I'm just trying to look it up now because I, I don't want to give sort of erroneous uh, you know information in terms of what he played. I mean, he played 11 minutes in the second half. What did he What did he play in the fourth quarter? That's what I'm trying to find right now. I mean, he was brought in with three minutes left in the game, Brogdon. Um, and I think, but then he was pulled for a lot of overtime when they went big with Cornette. He played, so. he played five forty one of the fourth quarter. So I, I would like to see him play more than that. I would like to see him play more than that in the fourth quarter. Uh, Derek White was out there for seven thirty four. Market Smart's out there for nine minutes. I, I think this was a game where you could have tried to close with White and Brogdon on the floor and Smart off. You know what's so funny with Smart? And I know people are going to say, oh, here it goes Gasper again. But I had to laugh last night. I don't know if, if I know you couldn't hear it, B-Rob, because you were there. But I don't know if you were watching it, Jim. And it was just a slip-up. It wasn't intentional. But Jalen Brown, uh, I believe in overtime, made a great steal. And he got the dunk, and he dunked on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And it was with Marcus Smart. And Mike Gorman actually said, Marcus Smart with the steal. 
It's like this is how ingrained yeah. this is how ingrained it is in Celtic culture. And I know it was just you know a slip. It was kind of like a Freudian still. slip by yeah. by Mike, who's the best. But it was like the guy gets credit for steals he doesn't even make. You know, that's how ingrained it is in Celtics culture. But to the caller's point, you're talking about the usage of Brogdon late and uh, Mr. DPOY going 3 of 15, 2 of 9 from 3, uh, minus 26 yeah. in the night. Which I'm okay with if he's yeah. locking down one of the other guys. Like, I, I, I'm okay with that if he's doing his thing defensively, but he wasn't. But you guys want to hear a sad number here, too? Like, so Smart went 2 of 9 from 3 last night. That's his, like, season average is 22% from 3 right now. I just wonder, though, like, does he have a little bit more free reign? I, I, Ime Adoka, I think one of the things that he was he did very well last year was like you know having them play as a cohesive unit, keeping Marcus Smart in check. Now that the substitute teacher there, no disrespect <laughs> to Joe Mazzillo, but in a lot of ways that's what it feels like because this whole thing that happened with Ime Adoka, I don't know. Does he feel like I'm going to do what the hell ever I want? Maybe. Or does he feel like he does? He has to use him because he might pop off and throw chairs or whatever. I, I think there's a question of does Joe is Joe Mazzulla willing to tell guys things that they don't want to hear, which is always the test for any NBA coach. And is he is he willing to do that? Is he willing to confront guys? Is he willing to tick guys off? And I think is he willing to rock the boat? And I think with Smart, he's testing his limits a little bit because it's a new coach. But I think it's really more sort of. The stuff that Marcus has been very honest about, which is, hey, you know, I'm the only point guard to take this team to the NBA finals. I think he's kind of feeling himself coming off winning defensive player of the year and being the point guard who took them to the finals. I, I think he sort and that whole Sports Illustrated thing. I mean, this is sort of the issue with including him in a trio with Tatum and Brown is that, you know, Tatum and Brown have sort of earned that superstar treatment. And if you tell Smart he has two, and then you don't give it to him, he's going to be ticked. We'll continue to take uh, Celtics calls if you have concerns about uh, the defense after these last couple of losses and losing in overtime to uh, the Cavs last night. We'll take them. 617-779-0985. Probably 